0: Welcome to Friendship with God. Today, Tom Cantor will finish the Monday through Wednesday Genesis series teaching for this week. This message is available for free download at friendshipwithgod.org. Now, here's some highlights from this week's messages.
1: So we see here that God cares. He cares. And so just as He cares for the animals, He cares for us. There's the excitement of it all. Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they'll be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they'll be as wool. You see, can you feel the excitement of it all? Just like when he said, let us make man in our image. God's excited with the prospect, I really want to wash Israel and all of men's sins away. I really want to do this. And God's saying, I really want to hear the confessions of sins so that I can, I can say to them, it's all gone now. It's all gone. It's all, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's buried in the deepest sea. I can't remember it anymore. It's behind my back. God's really excited to be able to do that. And so he, had, he says, let us, let us reason together because there's a great prospect here. That's God.
0: Now here's Tom Cantor as we finish our Genesis teaching for this week.
1: It says, Know ye that the Lord, He is God. It is He that hath made us, not we ourselves, and we are His people and the sheep of His pasture. He is the Lord. He is God. Now a lot of Christians who don't really in their heart, practically speaking, believe that the Lord Jesus Christ is God, especially when trouble comes. Now, I want you to see this in Acts chapter 4, verse 23. So if you turn over to that, please, Acts 4 23. Because in this place in Acts 4:23, there was a lot of trouble that came to the Christians, to the believers there in the early church. A lot of trouble there in, in Jerusalem. And and when they, when they got the report back in Acts 4.23 and, and what had happened, look what they did. And being let go, they went to their own country and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. Now uh, verse 24 is their reaction. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God. That just settled everything. That settled all the trouble, everything that had gone wrong. Lord, thou art God, which has made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is. You know, that's the great medicine for us to take on a regular basis, right? The heavenly, are you troubled? God will write a prescription for you. Here it is. Acts four twenty-four. Just say, Lord, thou art God. Take that four times a day. <laughs> Lord, Thou art God. Stop, Lord, You are my hero, and I worship You as God. Well, let me count the ways. Man, He creates man, and man is very, very special. He creates him. The first thing He always remember. I told you He brought him out on the sixth day, so He'd always remember that He was everything was given to him. He'd be humble, and then He gave him the name Adam, Adam. And that name comes from the word red. It's like the color of the earth. And he, and he reminds them. We're going to see in chapter 2. Because we didn't, hear, we didn't know this in chapter 1. But we'll find out in chapter 2 that he created man out of the dust of the earth. So he, he humbles him there. And he always gives low, very low. But he creates him in his image. In his image. What does it mean to be created in the image of God? What what does man do that the animals don't do? Well, one of the things is that what we're reading about, you know, you'll never see a baboon with a a palette of paints and an easel and say, now I think I'm going to create a lovely scene here. You know, baboons don't do that. So in other words, man has the ability to express and create. He is a creating person like God. He's a creating person. But there's another thing that man does that animals don't do. And turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 14. It says there, in the day of prosperity, be joyful. That's easy, right? We can do that. In the day of prosperity, be joyful. But in the day of adversity, he says, consider. He says, in the day of adversity, consider. Consider. Happiness, have a great time. Be joyful. In the day of adversity, think. What am I supposed to consider? That God hath also set the one over against the other to the end that man should find nothing after him. So, in other words, just consider. You know, if we have, you show me a person who is on continual easy street, I'll show you a person who doesn't need God. I'll show you a person who who has religion without reality of God. But God says, God, our great shepherd, says, you know, I'll give you some, I'll give you good days, but I'll also give, I will give you bad days. Why? Because I don't want you to stay here. I don't want you to have this disease of Lot's wife, you know, turned back, you know. I don't want you to do that. I want you to be looking forward to heaven, even though you're placed here. So I'm going to give you good days and I'm going to give you bad days. And then he says, think about it, consider it. Consider it. That's what man has the ability to do. You'll never see a dog sitting there thinking about, today was a really bad day. And this was, <laughs> I had a good day yesterday, but today was a bad day. And so I think, the, what is the meaning of that? No, the dog won't do that, right? But man is, can do that. In Isaiah 1, 3, we've talked about this before. The ox knoweth his owner, the ass his master's crib, but Israel doth not know. My people doth not consider. They don't think. Who made all of this? When they look up, you know, no bird is going to look up into the sky and say, that heavens declare the glory of God. He's just going to fly in it, right? He will express the glory of God, but he won't be sitting there saying, I praise God because you made the heavens. But man is to look up and to consider and say, that is the glory of God because God made that. Consider that, right? And also, when, as we go through life, that we should not just take things for granted, but as they come, we should say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, you did that. Thank you, Lord. Oh, I found my keys. Thank you for helping me find my keys. Don't be like the Jewish man who was looking all around for a parking spot in a very crowded parking lot. He's circling around and around the parking lot and he's getting so frustrated he can't find a parking spot. And so finally he says, oh God, please give me a parking spot. If you give me a parking spot, I'll become kosher. He said, if you give me a parking spot, I'll go to temple every Saturday. If you give me a parking spot, I'll put on tefillin every day. And so suddenly, a parking spot opens up in front of me and says, it's okay, God, I found one. <laughs> God says, don't be like that. View every good thing that comes as a gift from God. Oh, God, thank you for this parking spot. Okay? Now, that's choices that God has given man to be able to make. When it's a very important phrase that's given throughout the book of Leviticus, where it talks about the free will offering. The free will offering is you weren't forced to do it, but you did it because you wanted to do it. Because it was your choice to express this special thanksgiving towards, to God. That's a good thing. If something good happens in your life, give God some more money for that. And say, this is a free will offering, Lord, because this you know, or that or something else happened. And if you do that for parking spaces, then we'll have a lot of money here at the chapel. But uh, Let's see. I'm just going to finish with this one thing. Turn to Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 22. So here, it's also speaking of choices that we make. That you put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lust. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So that's the how-to. And you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every one truth to his neighbor, with his neighbor, for we are members one of another, and be ye angry, and sin not, let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. Neither give place to the devil. Okay. All of these things that are being spoken of here in Ephesians are choices. You have a choice. I have a choice. We have a choice. We can either put off or not put off the old way we used to live. We can either put on or not put on the new man which God has given to us, that desires, righteousness and holiness. We can either put away or not put away lying and anger and so forth. Those are choices. That's what it means to be created in the image of God, to have the choice, to do that, to exercise the choice. See, turn, if you would, one last one. I said this was the last one, but this is the last of the last one. (laughs) Psalm 32, Psalm 32, 9. God says to Israel, Be ye not as the horse or as the mule, which have no understanding. Hebrew word, there is the same one that is consider in Isaiah 1, 3. It's the same word. It means discernment. And understanding. That's the same word that Solomon prayed that God would give him in 1 Kings 3, 9, when he asked for a discerning heart. So discerning, consider, understanding, it's the same word. So let me read it again. Be ye not as the horse or the mule, which have no understanding, which or let me plug in the other words, which have no discernment, which have no consider, consideration. They don't. They don't divide between good and bad. Uh, Proverbs 28, 7, same word, whoso keepeth the law is a wise son that have no wisdom, whose mouth, this is the animals now, must be held in with bit and bridle lest they come near. Okay, so here, here's the point of this verse, what God is saying. He's saying, I gave you a mind, an understanding, a wisdom, a being. Uh, this is the Hebrew word, I gave you this ability to consider, use it. Because the animals don't have that. And the animals have to be forced, but you have the ability to consider and to force yourself, or to control yourself, or to, to hold yourself. That's the meaning there. And so that's what it means, in part, when it talks about being renewed, being created in the image of God. And it is through having our mind renewed by the Word of God, by the scripture as our guide to become the way that our mind is channeled into what what colossians 3:10 calls renewed in knowledge renewed in knowledge father thank you so much for for who you are thank you for loving us providing for us salvation and preserving us throughout eternity with eternal life through your blood we, Lord, pray and praise and worship you. Ask you, please, to help us to understand consciously, intelligently, why you are our hero. Lord, open our eyes. Give us burning hearts that we might see you as our hero. Worship you. Lord, help us in this renewal of our knowledge to make better decisions for you. Put off the old man. Put on. The Lord Jesus Christ, thank you, Lord, for hearing us this morning and for being present with us in this class. In Jesus' name,
0: amen. Today, Tom, you mentioned that the name of man, which is Adam, comes from the name of the earth. What was God's intention by giving Adam a name that referred to the earth? Yeah, well, that's what he did. The word Adam
1: comes from the word Adama, which means earth. And it refers to the red ground of the earth because God wanted man to never, never forget that God made man and he made man out of the dust of the earth. And if you think that you can look at the earth and you can see life just spontaneously generate out of it, then you could possibly think that man got his life from the earth, but he didn't and the fact that god gave to man this this name that refers to the earth also to remind man that he was going to re, his body was going to return to the earth so that man would know his dependence on god and he would turn and submit himself and call on god's name you know <clears throat> this idea that people have that somehow from the earth Life just spontaneously generated itself, and all of this money that's being spent to look into the the the, the universe with for for extraterrestrial uh, intelligence is absolutely. God must be sitting in the heavens and laughing at this because God is life, and He alone gives life. <clears throat> you know the the uh, as many of you know my. Professor for physical chemistry was Professor Stanley Miller, and Professor Stanley Miller had his famous sparking chamber, in which he put in electricity and sparks and ammonia and methane and the temperature and and circulated around and and sparked and had a tar trap and at the end of it all he was able to demonstrate that he could demonstrate that that uh, thirteen. Of the twenty uh, uh, amino acids found in life, that he made, and so this was hailed as, "Oh, this is wonderful!" You see, from the earth that uh, alone, that uh, life could have arose. But uh, uh, if you think about it, that there, there, that. Uh, it, well, let me put it this way. <clears throat> During Passover, we all have to eat this, uh, this food called gefilte fish. And uh, if you're Jewish, uh, then you had to eat gefilte fish. And if you're not Jewish, and for some reason you were forced to have to eat this food, I feel very sorry for you. I'm very sorry. But anyway, uh, gefilte fish is, uh, is very well known a, a, among Jewish people. And uh, as a matter of fact, my grandmother from Lithuania, uh, it, she would go and, and uh, she made gefilte fish. Gefilte fish is actually made out of carp. And in Eastern Europe, that was a poor person's food. The gefilte fish. So what happened is that you, uh, you, you is that you went to the uh, to the uh, the carp cellar, as my grandmother did, and you bought the live carp as my grandmother did in Lithuania, and she brought it home and she filled the bathtub full of water and she had the carp in there alive and she kept changing the water so that the money flavor of the mud would go out of the carp. Of course, none of the people in the house could take a bath so that everybody didn't smell so good themselves, but the, the fish ended up smelling good, so it was worth it for the temporary time. Anyway, so then what she did is you, you take the, the carp and hole, and, and, whole and you, you cut it up, and, uh, and you uh, prepare it, and, uh, and you put it into the jar, and it becomes uh, gefilte fish. Well, the point about the gefilte fish is that in the jar you have all of the amino acids that were present in the live gefilte fish. They're there. They're there in the jar. The amino acids are there. The thirteen that Stanley Miller had made in his sparking chamber and not just thirteen, but all of them there. They're in the they're in the jar there, or or uh, either whole as amino acids or broken down. But the components are there, and so if evolution is true. Then you would expect that that it might it would be possible for these amino acids or the parts of amino acids to organize themselves as evolution says that's happened and to to make a, 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 a maybe a little carp and so uh, so 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 uh, uh, the uh, door bear Manashevits, also from Lithuania in 1888 he was a rabbi. And uh, he decided that uh, there was a lot of money to be made in America. So he moved to America. He was a matzo maker. And, and, uh, and why did he move to America? Well, like Fiddler on the Roof, like the, the, the story goes, you know, and, and how do we keep our balance up there? That I can answer in one word. Fiddler on the Roof says, Tradition but in the case of uh, Manisch- rabbi manischewitz if they said to him uh, why are you moving to america he could answer and say that i can answer in one word financial and he and he moved to cincinnati where I was born, anyway, and uh, and there in Cincinnati, he started to make matzah, and he started to make gefilte fish, and he has 50 varieties of gefilte fish now, and Manischewitz Company has made literally millions and millions of jars of gefilte fish, which is the carp, all the parts of the carp, all the amino acids, the parts of amino acids are there, they're in the jar of the gefilte fish, and you know what the point is? The point is, is that of all the millions and millions of jars of gefilte fish that the Shevitz company has made, no one, no one has ever reported opening a jar of gefilte fish and saying, oh my, look at that, there's a little carp swimming around in there. <laughs> no one's ever done that. You know why? Because life does not spontaneously generate Itself, because that that story is a lie. That's the same story that was put to Louis Pasteur. He said, "The Louis Pasteur he said, oh, look, you know, you put the 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 uh, the the, the uh, rags together with the cheese, and you get the mold, and that proves that that life spontaneously generates itself.'" And Louis Pasteur says, "No, you fool! Heat it up. We'll give it a name: pasteurization." And after they did that you see no life there was already the spores and the the uh, of the of, the, uh, of the, the the mold that was there and that's why it happened. So he even knew and pastor, that's why pastor was a creationist and so and so whenever you walk down the aisle of the Jewish food and you come to those jars of Manischewitz gefilte the fish. You stop there in the aisle of the supermarket and you look at those and take a little moment and think to yourself, all of the components of the carp, the live carp that was swimming around in the muddy waters, all of the amino acids are there in that jar. All the components of the carp are there in that jar of gefilte fish. And then you walk over to those jars of gefilte fish and you you look in the bottom and the side and up on the top. And you, you, you as you look at them, you say to yourself, ah, there's no little carps. I don't see any little carps swimming around in here. And you can do that to your heart's content. And then you say to yourself, this proves evolution is a lie. The fact that the the, the the belief is wrong, that you put all the parts of life together, like Professor Stanley Miller said, and that somehow spontaneously they will organize themselves into life. That's just not true. And the Jewish food of gefilte fish proves it. So when you walk down the aisle of your supermarket, you stop You turn to the gefilte fish, and you say, Hail to thee, gefilte fish. You showed me that evolution is alive. And that's the Jewish way to understand creation. Now, in all reality, I mean, sorry, seriously speaking, I mean, it's true. If you put all the components together, you can wait however long you want, and you never see life spontaneously coming together. Now, somebody says, Oh, But you haven't made enough jars of gefilte fish. You only made millions. If you made billions and you've only been making gefilte fish, because meneshev has been making gefilte fish since 1888, and so they say, oh, you've only been making gefilte fish for less than 200 years. It's not long enough. So you go billions of years, and that'll do it, and billions of jars. And then one of those jars, you're going to open it up, you're going to find the little carp swimming around, and that will prove evolution is true. That's what, you know, someone might say. Well... You know, in, in our laboratory, in our cell culture department, we work a lot with organisms that, as a model, they reproduce very, very fast. They have generations upon generations upon generations, as we say in Hebrew, door la door, generation to generation, very, very rapidly in these flasks, in these bottles, in these fermentation vessels, And they create for us a model so you don't, so what's the point of billions and billions of years? It's generations and generations, but the the bacteria and the microorganisms that we work with go through generations, generations very, very quickly. And so we have done that. We do that. We grow up millions, billions, trillions of these microorganisms in our laboratory. And I'll tell you something. No one has ever come running into my office and saying, you'll never guess what happened. In this flask of bacteria, there's a little rabbit. Come see quickly. That's never happened. Why? Because everything does what God said it did in Genesis. What did he say? It reproduces itself after its kind. Bacteria keep reproducing and they make bacteria. They might come up with some, uh, uh, a stray this way or that way of a mutation, but it's still a bacteria. It hasn't changed into a different form. So that shows you that the millions and billions and of years that, that, that are added into the formula with the idea that you can't even count to a billion, so anything can happen in a, in a billion because you can't count to a billion with your fingers and your toes, so therefore anything's possible so that life can spontaneously jump out of nowhere, even out of a gefilte fish jar. There could be a small carp someday swimming around in a gefilte fish jar. And if there could be, then that means that evolution is possibly true. Well, we have to use our head. God's given us a head, and he showed us, no, it can't happen. It hasn't happened, even in the models that we've put together. So what does all this mean? We are Adam. We are made from the earth by God. We don't cling to the earth for life. We cling to God who took the earth and gave us life. That's our great God, our great life
0: giver. Thank you for joining us today. Join us again tomorrow as Tom Cantor begins a new study on Thursdays and Fridays from Exodus. Now, are you interested in learning more about the Jewish people, their past, their present, their future? Tom Cantor has written a book on the life of Joseph. It's titled Understanding the Jewish Messiah and the History and Future of the Jewish People Through the Life of Joseph. It's nearly 70 pages. And if you'd like to obtain a copy of this book, call us today at one 800 247 3051. Once again, that's 1 800 247 3051, and we can help you to obtain a copy of this book or other Jewish resources that you'd like to receive from Tom Cantor. Thanks for listening, and join us again tomorrow as we begin in Exodus.